Welcome to the Women of Yesen podcast. I'm your host, Sophia, and this is an invitation to join me and our amazing guests to find inspiration and insights into your own journey to Yesen. If you ever feel overwhelmed or confused along the way, I'm also here to support you so you can tackle your challenges with confidence and make progress towards this lofty goal. To find out more about my work, check the episode description and make sure to subscribe. Well, إن الإنسان لفي خسر إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر Bismillah wa salat wa salam ala rasulillah Welcome to a new episode of the Women of Ihsan podcast Today joining me from across the pond I have Iqra Ashfaq who's the co-founder and CEO of Noor Meditation. Iqra is also a part-time professor in the Addictions and Mental Health Program at Durham College and the Implementation Lead at Princess Margaret Cancer Center in Toronto, Canada. She completed her master's thesis studying the physiological effects of listening to the Qur'an and compared it to listening to guided mindfulness meditation sessions. She used her research expertise to craft together Islam-inspired guided medita meditations to help Muslims improve their mental and spiritual well-being and ultimately connect better with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Thank you so much for making the time and joining me today, Ikram. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam. Thank you so much for having me. It's my absolute pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. Um, so let's get into it. Um, tell us about yourself, um, if you can share a bit about your background or your personal story. Most definitely. Thank you so much. So to begin, and actually, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. It actually all started in my undergrad. I was a life science student and I majored in psychology, neuroscience and behavior. So I actually started off taking an elective course. This was just a side course called Mind, Body, Spirit where we learned about the scientific impacts and effects of mindfulness meditation. And I, as a science student, I was amazed about the benefits of meditation and how it impacts the brain and the body and how healthy it can be to introduce this practice to your, into your day-to-day -day lives. But I remember when I was in the course, I was listening to it. I loved it. I was enjoying it. But when it came to the practical side of actually applying it, I told myself, oh, I don't need to meditate. And I'm being completely frank with you. And this is what I told myself. I'm like, I don't need to meditate because I have Salah, right? I'm Muslim. We already do our own form of meditation. And I continue the course believing this, that, you know, I'm just here to learn. I'm more of an observer, but not really a practicer in, in this realm. And then as time went on, I actually started questioning myself of, is this the actual truth? Is this something that I don't need to practice or am I really making an excuse not to take on a new good habit? So it led me to my master's thesis to actually test what I was telling myself is, is listening to the Quran or is praying what we do in Islam, all these rituals and these practices, is that equivalent to mindfulness meditation? And lo and behold, I will fast forward a little bit, give you like kind of a briefer. And if anyone's interested, feel free to contact me. I can give you more details of the study. But what lo and behold, what we found was they are similar, but there were differences, right? So we looked at the physiological effects, like you mentioned at the beginning of listening to the Quran versus listening to mindfulness meditation post a stressful event. And actually people who listened to the meditation were able to recover faster than those listening to the Quran. 
And I was a little heartbroken. Like the Muslim in me was like, you know, thinking the Quran will outshine everything and it will be the first runner up and everything. But it made more sense when I spoke to my participants and they explained to me that they weren't able to focus because they were so distracted by the stressor that we gave them prior to. And then when they are able to let go of that stressor and really be focused on the Quran, they're like, oh, that's when I was able to really benefit. And it was really calming for me. So I'm like, of course, that makes sense. How many times are we praying and our mind goes here and there? And, you know, my daughter's crying. I have a meeting. I need to cook this, et cetera. But like not until you actually are focused in your prayer or focused when you're listening or reciting the Quran, do you really, truly reap the benefit? So that led me to create uh, this app. It's available on the Play Store and the App Store called Noor Meditation, N-O-O-R. And it's available. Uh, one of the main sessions where it started off was called Mindful Salah, to take all of my research packet together and teach people practical skills that we learn from meditation and actually apply it to our prayers so that when our mind does wander, which it will because we're human, how do we bring it back? And then how do we get, you know, different things like the what we're reciting to bring us back to the present moment? Or, you know, like uh, one of the imams told me when I was blown away that, you know, we lift our hands up right at the beginning and we say, Allahu Akbar, that's our us putting this dunya behind us and we're focusing on right now. So it's beautiful. There's so much symbolism in our prayers as well. So we just put all that together, bundle it up. And before every single prayer, if you listen to five or 10 minutes of these sessions, inshallah, it will, you'll reap the benefit of your prayer. Mashallah, mashallah. Could you share with us if there is any personal story that led you to what you are doing now? So let us more get to know you, Iqra, better. Most definitely. So actually, this reason I went into psychology and studying psychology and neuroscience is I was surrounded by a lot of people that were struggling with mental health conditions or just, you know, challenges per se, not necessarily a diagnosis that they're dealing with depression or anxiety, but forms of it. And it just seemed more and more common. I had a lot of friends come to me just mentioning that they're struggling. And then soon after, uh, even family members. And I was actually astonished because in a lot of the times in the Muslim community, there's so much stigma around mental health and mental illness, and not many people talk about it. They kind of just take it in, absorb it, and then just let it go. And they just let it build up and build up. And unfortunately, that's when it's, it gets too much. So I would have a lot of people reach out just saying how much they're struggling, how much, you know, they don't know what they're feeling, that something's off, all of these things. And then the more and more I studied about psychology and neuroscience, I realized, you know, we talk about health and our physical health so much, right? We talk about exercise and diet and all of these things that are so important, of course, mm -hmm. but we don't really talk about mental health, right? We don't openly talk about it at least. Mm -hmm. And the more and more people struggling, again, even family members, close loved ones, I realized that this is a field that I definitely wanted to dive more deeply into. And that's where neuromeditation came about too as well, was when I was talking to people about different techniques and different skills, they felt a little disconnected, right? Because mm -hmm. that was me applying what I'm learning in undergrad and it's secularized, right? It's not necessarily related to Islam. This is just kind of catering to the masses, right? Even if you think about different meditation apps, like great ones like Calm and Headspace, they're great, but they're secularized, right? They they strip away the Islam, they strip away any religion, actually, and they are just catering to the masses. And that's totally okay if that's what their goal is. But what our Muslim 
brothers and sisters that I, at least I was speaking to wanted was they wanted a resource that was intertwined with their faith. They wanted a resource where they can go to and they didn't feel like they were doing something against Islam. They didn't feel like they were not at least uh, even just, you know, uh, feeding the the Islam questions, Islamic questions that they had internally as well. They were getting all of that in one, like really a one-stop shop. So it led um, my team and I to create neuromeditation because we want to create that one-stop shop. So not only your salah, if it goes beyond that. So if you're feeling anxious, or you're feeling depressed, you're feeling sad, you or even you just want uh, a reminder to be more grateful. All of those sessions are available and we're just growing the library more and more every day, inshallah. And we wanted to cater to those who are suffering and we don't want to pe want people suffering in silence. And when you said personal stories, I cannot tell you how many people and friends, dear friends of mine who in high school even would call me and be like, Ikra, I'm not feeling well. Um, you know, I'm actually thinking about taking my life. And it's gone to that extent where I even got a phone call from a friend. I'm going to leave her nameless. But she told me she took a bunch of pills and she just is waiting for them to do like, you know, have the full course. So I'm in those positions where, you know, I'm still in high school. I haven't taken courses. I'm not certified or anything like that, but I'm coming to terms and seeing like how much of a need there is in this realm. So knowing that people do want the support and want the help, uh, people not only want it, they need it. Mm -hmm. They need it. And neuromeditation is by no means supposed to be like a therapy uh, app. It's 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 that tool that you use. Uh, we encourage those who need to go to a therapist to do so. Uh, but it's that tool in between your therapy sessions you can use. It's that tool for maybe someone's not saying that they they may not feel like they want their need therapy at the moment but they want to explore a little bit more tools to help them so it can be used in multiple different ways but we're just really trying to break the stigma right like let's introduce mm -hmm. people to what mental health is with the islamic spin to it let them understand it from the islamic side how you know allah created health in all ways right there's physical health and there's mental health and they both should be uh given the the attention that they deserve yeah, definitely. It's uh, it's really needed, uh, especially these days. Subhanallah. Uh, were there any problems in your in your life that you had to overcome, and the lessons that you draw from from this problem? Yeah, thank you for asking that. Uh, so I, again, there would be there was a lot when I when I personally and a lot of people when they're the person that is receiving all the information, right? So people are coming to them for advice. People are coming to them for help. People are coming to them. There, it's easy to get burnt out yourself, right? You Indeed. can be everyone's go-to, for instance, and I feel blessed that Allah's chosen me to be that person for the ones that are in need. But myself, I was realizing myself that I was taking on a lot and I was listening to a lot of stories and it was taking a toll on me as well, right? Mm -hmm. Because then I'm constantly thinking about and worrying about how other people are doing. Mm -hmm. And I'm constantly worrying that, you know, they're, they may not be well. And what if, you know, someone opened up about, their thoughts of suicide to me. And they said, I'm the only one they told. So that felt like a lot of responsibility on yes, me, yeah. for instance. And again, this is not in a professional setting where, you know, you do, uh, there's a way to do and work around it. This is in a personal setting where people are just opening up as like friends and family. So then I also learned as well is just because I studied psychology and I studied neuroscience, it doesn't mean that I don't need to take care of my mental health, right? If anything, I need to take care of myself first so that I can take care of other people. So that actually led me to a session. It inspired me to create a session called self-love on the mm -hmm. neuromeditation app. 
And it's basically like under the, like there's a principle um, and there's a, there's a famous quote that says, you cannot pour from, from an empty cup. So it's a reminder for me to take care of myself so that I can be uh, better equipped to inshallah take care and help others, support others. Yeah, indeed. You can't pour from an empty cup with something. Sure. I like to remind myself and uh, and my clients as well. We need to take care of ourselves before we can take care of other people, inshallah. Most definitely. Yeah. Uh, and were there any misconceptions or limiting belief that were holding you back at some point? Well, yeah, I think to be like the story that I told you at the beginning was I had that misconception that Islam is on one side, meditation is on the other. Uh -huh. And they don't mix, right? Like one is secularized, one's the Western way of doing things, and one is in our roots in Islamic. There's a totally different thing. So that was a huge misconception. And I, I decided that I needed to test out what I was telling myself. And now I'm learning more and researching more about the history of mental health and how it was ingrained and the roots of it, where it's coming from and the heritage, the Islamic heritage as well. So I think that was a huge misconception um, of my own. And also is just misconception of thinking that you know if you don't have a mental illness you're mentally okay right and it's it's not that right you don't need a diagnosis per se to take care of your mental health this is all these things that we do proactively right think about the physical world where they say you know go take care of your health you know go exercise do all that this is all very proactive right exactly. you're doing it so that you don't get those illnesses you're doing it so that if you do get destined to get one of those illnesses, your body's better equipped to handle it but why don't we treat mental illness the same or mental health in general the same way right so many different things that i'm learning is that to be proactive and the importance of being proactive and not waiting for an issue to arise before you want to start solving it. So I've started embedded, embed, embedding a lot of practices within my life. Um, I'm a new mom myself. So I also learning about mom guilt and trying to understand all of these different mental challenges. You're smiling because I know you're a mom yourself. So all of these different things that we learn as moms, this is a whole new journey for me. And, you know, being gentle with myself, giving myself permission to feel different ways that I've never felt before and react in ways that I may have never reacted before and giving myself that permission to go through this journey without too much judgment and also reflecting um, on it throughout the entire experience. Mm. Uh, through your your journey of, of learning, experimenting and discovering uh, things about meditation, psychology, neuro neurosciences, about yourself and The, the people who get to work with you, um, how did faith um, shape your perspective on all of this world? Great question. I think faith was always the underpinning aspect that was there, right? So when people, uh, especially when people are opening up about very heavy things, right? About uh, like their struggles in life, about, you know, their past. There's even people opening up about abuse that's happened in the past there's so much depth to it when people open up first it gives me this appreciation that like you know you really can't judge anyone um and it's like they say you can't judge a book by its cover you don't know what someone's going through right the people that I knew in high school that were dealing with suicidal thoughts and even attempted suicide were the most bubbly people that no one in the world would have ever imagined they were going through that so that was the first thing uh, that I realized And then as I digged a little deeper internally, I was like, you know, like 
the questions came in my head of like, well, why are they going through this? Why? And then I also realized like, you know, when you ask why and why and why too much, that sh that shit could be whispering that into your ears. So I started taking a flipped approach of remembering, okay, Allah is putting this person uh, through this for a reason. And I had to remind myself of this, right? Okay, what are the lessons coming out of this? How is this person growing, right? And subhanAllah, when I took it from that approach, as opposed to why are they going through that? You know, my heart was hurting for them. And it was so easy for me to ask why. When I flipped the approach of saying, okay, you know what? This was destined for them. But Allah has a plan and Allah is the best of all planners. It allowed me to see it in a different perspective. So I was a little bit better able to absorb what the person's telling me. And then I realized even my advice to the people. And uh, again, this is I'm talking about even just family and friends, not even thinking about, I've done some health coaching, so I'm not even going to the professional side of it, but just the, the more, um, like the family and friends that I was, um, that I'm referring to right now is I was better able to guide them because I know the people that were coming to me when they have that Muslim faith, when I turned it and I explained it more from that lens of Allah has a plan, this is part of your God there, you know, look at and help them see the beauty that actually came and unfolded, even though through the darkest times. And it's hard because this is the darkest, most maybe the darkest time they've ever been in. But for them to actually pull on the positive pieces of it and realize, oh, wait, car, wait. I may have had to go through this to uncover that, right? I may have had to go through this to be able to help empathize, help be able to empathize and help someone else. So it it opened up a whole new world to me looking at mental health because it can be, I'll be honest, it can be a very dark place. Either you're experiencing it or a loved one's experiencing it and you can enter, if you're not entering it yourself, you may be walking with someone in that dark, dark alley in that dark space and it can be very overwhelming. But when you take it through an Islamic perspective and you realize everything happens for a reason, everything's destined for a reason, it allows you, I'm not trying to be cliche here, but it really does allow you to see the light at the end of the tunnel. You, you do see Allah's light throughout the journey. Yeah, subhanAllah, that makes sense because if you think that this life, this is it, like this is just bad things after bad things and nothing nothing good is happening and Allah is out of the picture, then really it doesn't make any sense. Like why all of this suffering? This is what um, people without faith, it's usually what, what they say, like why are small kids, kids suffering? Why is there so much evil in the world? But when you have faith and Islam um, in particular, obviously, um, the, the the perspective completely changes because now it's, it's it's not finite because we know that after after death well comes first the judgment and then the final destination when you put your life your problems into perspective and combined with this is a test from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and knowing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he doesn't he doesn't gain anything from your suffering knowing his attributes of compassion love forgiveness it's definitely going to to change your outlook on on life even your own problems subhanallah yeah like you said it can be very dark space i feel it's really important to 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 give some reminders about that that first of all it's not taboo to talk about that mm -hmm. because you don't feel completely fine doesn't mean that you are sick now and that you need to go to a psychiat psychiatrist uh, but like you said, prevention is better than having to go and get a diagnosis. And we can talk about it. 
Uh, there's nothing like no shame to have about it. And Alhamdulillah, when I see more people, like more Muslim people getting into psychology, psychiatry, and having then the, the secular science, but also with the perspective of Islam, like I feel like we are making progress because it's also needed to to be able to, to, to have like for Muslim patients to have someone who get them. Of course. And that's why a lot of people, they gravitate towards if they're Muslim, going to seek out support from a Muslim therapist, right? Just like if they're listening to a meditation, we are thinking, well, wouldn't we, wouldn't it make more sense to bring in our Islamic principles back into it, right? Instead of how the Western world strips out the yeah. religious aspects, let's put that back in. Let's go back to our mm -hmm. roots. And let's talk about what's in the Quran. Let's talk about what's the Hadith say about this. How do we use what we gravitate towards naturally? Our hearts gravitate towards Islam. Why don't we bring that back in during hard times and during great times as well? Like we mentioned, there's sessions about gratitude and being kind, and multiple things like that. But also uh, when you're going through tough times, how do we have that? And you brought up a good point is what makes it easier is knowing that this world is temporary, right? is knowing that this is a test and then there's a reward inshallah that will await us. So I'm going to give you a little spoiler what's to come in your meditation, but we're working on a sleep story mm -hmm. and it's how it's going to be titled how Jannah awaits you. Mm. So it's going to be a sleep story that walks people through visualizing really everything, what Jannah looks like, uh, walking through paradise, the smells, the feelings, the touches, all of those things coming together so it helps people visualize what's to come because sometimes it can seem so abstract, uh, but we're pulling from the Quran, we're pulling from different hadith. We're going to bring that all to life. And we want people to realize you may be going through hardship now, but remember what's to come. And it's so easy to forget, right? That we're insan. The root of insan is to forget. Indeed. And we're going to forget. So we want newer meditation to be people's reminders so that they can continuously remind themselves. And we're going to have daily newer sessions, which is really little short digestible sessions that are, you know, you can listen to a couple minutes, maybe it's going to be under five minutes. You can listen to every single day and it's like a pick me up, right? You may wake up on the wrong side of the bed. You may feel like, oh, I have work again today or I have to commute. It's we're in Canada. It's snowing here. Maybe that's not your what you love. It will be a little more of a pick me up and a reminder of something from from our roots to help us get through the day and get through any of the hardship and reminder to be grateful, even especially during the hard times. Uh, you know what I was thinking as you were speaking about visualizing Jannah? Another misconception or, I don't know, just kind of this beliefs that we have that, oh, this sounds so strange, visualization. Oh, this is from the secular world. This has nothing to do with us. Well, wait a minute. You open the Quran yeah. and it is full of description of yeah. paradise and hell. Okay, if you are actually pondering over it, so you visualize it. what it's like, like if you're really connected to the Quran, what we should mm -hmm. be doing, then what what else are you doing than visualize Jannah or hell? I mean, it's of one course. of the things that make the Quran so special and a, and a miracle. Mm -hmm. And also it's from the Rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to not hide from us the what's truth. going to come. We We know what's coming. And again, it's a term I like to use because I really think uh, it's, 
it's relevant for us. It's our unfair advantage. I've mm. already spoken about that because unlike people who go about life without faith, without really knowing, we as Muslims, we know where we are going and we know, we even know how it looks like, even though uh, we know from the Prophet wasallam that we cannot, we will not be able to comprehend and completely imagine how Jannah is. Like there is no, like no eyes has ever seen, no, uh, you, no nose has ever smelled, no ears has ever heard, what's, and no mind has ever um, imagined what's in Jannah. But the descriptions in the Quran and what the, the Prophet described to us is helping us to have just a taste of it. Just a taste of it. I like en that. Enough to to look forward to it because we know it's just beyond what we, we could ever imagine. But the same is also true for hell. And so and so we know it's one or the other destination, the final destination. Where am I going now? So what we need to do as Muslims is get there. Because obviously no one wants to go to hell. So we all want to go to paradise. Then it's just the question, okay, how much efforts you put in there? Basically, there's no surprise. Even children know that, okay, there's only paradise or hell. And that's why I call that the unfair advantage that we, that we have. Because we don't have to think about all of this. Like, of course, if you really think about it, Allah's given us, and Allah says for every illness, he's given down, he's sent down yeah. a cure. So if you really think about it, you really ponder on just that. It's Allah's given us everything we need, everything we need in this world. And Allah's only out of his mercy is helping to guide us. You said even the descriptions of hellfire are actually out of his rahmah. Yeah. Because that's his mercy saying this is an option, but I don't want you to go here. This is how you can get. And it's a blueprint. This is how you get to paradise. Exactly. Right? Here's Jannah. This is the beautiful picture I'm painting. And like you said, of course, there's visualization. Allah knows his audience and knows that we cannot, with our brains, comprehend the vastness and the loftiness of Jannah. But he's then he's going to go into more detail to try to describe it as best as he can, knowing that we'll never, ever fully fathom it. But here's a taste of it. Yeah. Right here's well, the description. Um, yeah, yes. I've, got, I've got the term, a preview. Yeah, a little preview, a trailer. Here's your trailer yeah. of Jannah. Here's your preview. And if you're amazed by the preview, just wait until you actually enter yeah. because it's beyond even that preview that you are. Exactly. And just the preview talks to us, to our, to our nature, to our nature, sorry, uh, like gardens, luxurious gardens and yeah. under uh, which um, rivers flow and, you know, how the honey and the milk and all of those yeah. rivers, because Allah is making a reference to what we know. Right. Yeah. The exactly. silver, the gold, the rubies, the saffron is stuff that we can understand with our limited brains and yeah. minds. But there's also there's always beyond that, right? Yeah. Subhanallah, it's not meant to be here's exactly it. It's meant to continue to imagine it's beyond what we can comprehend, but it just makes my heart marvel every time I hear a description and I said of course let's take all of these things together and let's paint the picture for people let's give them that preview you mentioned let's give them that trailer so when they're feeling down or they can't sleep or their minds ruminating about all the negative things going on in life uh going out worldwide where they feel like you know even they they can't do much they feel hopeless and helpless let's let's remember our purpose right Indeed, yeah. if the people of Palestine 
can go through everything they're going through with a smile and knowing they are on their way to Jannah. The yeah. path from, they say, and I read something that says, the path from Palestine to Jannah is overcrowded. Subhanallah. It is. Right? And they're, they're the wakil in Allah, right? They're still praying. They're still doing their congregations. They're having their Jummah prayers. They're waking up for Fajr. If they can do it, if they can do it with everything that's going on in the world, in their country, and they don't say, why us? And they understand why already. They've already won, right? It's the yeah. wake-up call for the rest of the world to join them on their path. Yeah, I think it's really the certainty, the yaqeen that they have. Yes. But, you know, death, whether you are now in Gaza or you are in Toronto or in Europe, death can come anytime. And so if death come to us today, tomorrow is day of judgment. And the day after that is paradise. So it's mm -hmm. actually, it's closer to us than all the long-term projects that we make. Yes. And we get caught up. We get very caught up in our dunya. Yeah. And that's natural because, you know, it's what we're dealing with. It's what we know. But that's why we have newer meditation as those reminders. We really want to help people connect or reconnect to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in their day-to-day -day lives. So our goal is to really help people connect, stay focused, so that when they are praying their salah, they can use that skill and they can bring it to their salah and really have a great conversation with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if we can do that, I feel oh like, <laughs> oh my goodness, like We're the that's accepted from Allah as our, our way of helping the ummah, inshallah, reconnect. And First and foremost, it's a reminder to myself, like by no means of us being the creators behind the scenes, have we mastered this, right? There are so many times I'm praying and my mind wanders and I'm like, I need to do, I need to go back and do that meditation so I can be better and be more mm -hmm. present and, and, and remember because I'm forgetting or I'm getting distracted. But if we can teach people to be, become more present and connected to Allah SWT in the little mundane things, imagine, uh, let me paint you a picture. Imagine you wake up. And we give people reminders. You wake up and your feet touch the ground, right? Everyone who gets out of bed, your feet have to touch the ground, right? For you to get out of bed. I tell people, pause. Think of one thing you are grateful for when your feet touch the ground. That's that's the goal for the day. That's it. But imagine they do this now every day, right? We are anchoring people and encouraging them to start their day with gratitude. And start their day with that because we're hoping they set that helps set the tone for the rest of the day. We're not being oblivious to, you know, other things will happen and things will happen in the day. But if we can start doing small things, Allah says, even if they're small, but they're consistent, that's what makes the most uh, of a difference. So we do different things like that through the app to help people set better tones for their day and are better able to reflect on even when things go wrong. So let's say they're they're making their morning coffee. One thing is to be aware of, you know, the coffee's brewing. Let's smell that. How does it smell? Be grateful that you even have those coffee beans or if it's a Keurig, the pod that goes inside of it. Be mindful as you're putting in. Watch it as it's dripping down. All of these, use all your senses and engage in that experience when you take your first sip. Uh, that steam that's coming out of it. How does it feel? All of those things. We're walking people through the entire experience. But then we flip the side, flip the other side of it. Now imagine your cup has shattered, 
right? It got too hot, you know, it, it, it burned your tongue and you dropped out of panic, you dropped your mug and now it's splashed entirely around your entire kitchen and you're running late to work, right? Normally we have a panic, normally saying why me, normally we're saying, oh my goodness, this is the worst thing in the world, it cannot get worse than this, right? But if we started with the subhanallah for the pakwi, we started with actually enjoying the experience. We're helping, trying, and inshallah, training people to have that positive mindset. So when the cup does fall and it does shatter, you can still say subhanallah. You can still find even the gratitude in that moment where the most most people, I could say, would not be able to say subhanallah when something like that happens. Yeah, subhanallah. Great reminder. Thank you for, for, for that. Next, uh, I'm also interested in knowing, we are talking about Ihsan. What, is it, what does it mean for you personally to strive for Ihsan? Maybe share with us, do you have some routines? Like now you've, you were talking about gratitude, but are there other routines uh, that you do on a regular basis and you know, help you on this path to Ihsan? Yes, I appreciate that. So I think a path, uh, the path of Isan is uh, a continuous reminder and it's a journey that we always want to be striving for, inshallah. And like I mentioned, the gratitude, I feel like gratitude is is huge in Islam and it's something that even in hardship, Allah says, be grateful, right? Even when the Pharaoh was doing what he was doing, Allah's message was be grateful, right? Not be patient, just wait, it's going to get better. It was be grateful, right? Children are dying, be grateful. All of this stuff is going, be grateful. So I can't emphasize gratitude enough because I think it shapes everything. And then out of Allah's rahmah is if you are grateful, surely I will increase you, right? So not only is the gratitude going to help you get through that tough time, right? Small little, you know, cup falling versus, you know, changes in the world. But not only will it help you get through that, if it, if it stopped there, that's more than enough. Right. If your gratitude stopped there and it helped you get through that tough moment, I think that's a win. But in return, Allah says, I will give you more. So subhanAllah, I can't talk about gratitude enough. But in addition to that, so a practice that I've started doing, oh, I've always been doing, but I think now that I'm married, um, my husband and I do it more together. And I think it helps more than me doing it internally. Uh, now I can actually uh, do it. We can do it collectively is reflection is really taking the time to reflect on the day, but on the day in, the day out, the blessings that relates to gratitude, but also the hardship, but trying to figure out what were the lessons within the hardship? Because I feel like there are always blessings in disguise, right? There's always going to be the beauty within the beast, right? The light at the end of the tunnel, uh, if you will. So all of those things, I feel like reflection is really important. And like we try to do this practice before we go to sleep by the end of the day, kind of an unwind, because I find if you are holding on to a lot of tension about things that went negatively and you may not even realize you're holding it on, but then you feel a little anxious and you don't know where it's coming from. It allows you when you reflect, especially out loud, or if you are someone who likes to write in a journal, it allows you to, to find a source to it. And then it lets you let go a little bit more easily then instead of just trying to keep it in your mind and, you know, ignoring it, because that's never the solution. So I find practicing a life of gratitude and constantly reflecting on life, both its blessings and its struggles, but finding the blessings within the struggle as well, has been at least my practice. And I, inshallah, 
uh, hope to continue and learn from others. Uh, thank you for that. I would like to ask you if you have a message or a piece of advice for the audience. I just want to let people know that, you know, there's a lot going on in the world and we don't need to go through it alone, right? The people that I know that are suffering and when I find out how long they were suffering in silence, it really breaks my heart. And because I wish that I was either, it doesn't always have to be me, it's whoever they're comfortable with, but I wish the person just reached out for support or a resource to help them so that they weren't suffering in silence for so long. So that really led the te my team and I to create newer meditation. Uh, for instance, if someone's not ready to talk about it, at least, you know, here's a tool to help address it. Inshallah, it can motivate them to get the right support. If someone's ready to talk about it, but just doesn't know what to do after they've expressed it, uh, again, here's a tool and inshallah, newer meditation can help them through that journey. If people are struggling to connect to Allah and they're like, you know, really yearning for that connection. And especially with Ramadan's coming around the corner, we hope to always try to, if anything, we master our five prayers. I think that is like a beautiful goal to always strive for. Uh, we have that on the app as well. Uh, one last thing is uh, just a, a side note. We added a feature called newer AI, so artificial intelligence. So if people come to the app and they don't even know where to go, where to get started, they just want to say like, what they're feeling, right? Like I'm feeling sad. You can tell our newer AI uh, and you can have a conversation with them. They will help guide you with Islamic principles and then guide you to the perfect session for you, inshallah, through that AI. If you have questions about Islam or about meditation in Islam, you can ask newer AI as well. It has been programmed to to have conversations and be be that helpful companion, inshallah. So I do truly hope that people will try to download the app and give it a go. It is free to download, free to use at the moment. So please uh, use it and, and test it out and follow us on Instagram, newer underscore meditation. I'm actually behind all the messaging there. So if you have any questions personally for me, I love getting questions and even just someone saying, messaging me to say salam, please tell me about your experience. Love to hear it. And if there's a session that you're itching and you're like, I wish you guys added this, please let me know. We're collecting feedback and inshallah, we can make it come true. Okay, amazing. I actually have one last question for you. Go ahead. Is there someone that you would like to see here on the podcast? And what would you like to ask her? There is someone that I would like to see on the, on the podcast. Yes. yes, as a guest. Oh, oh such a wonderful question. Um, I think I would have to think about that one, but I don't have anyone particular that comes to mind. Uh, but maybe just people in the, in the space, in the Islamic space where they're creating resources or you know working with mental health uh different things like that i know dr rani awad who actually comes to mind who you know did this in her study so if you can get her on your podcast yeah do I you know what do you have her number <laughs> <laughs> i will try to get that for you um but i would love if to you can, learn... if you can introduce her to the podcast yes. and ask her i i yes. would absolutely love okay. that and we get her on the podcast and I, we can ask her what inspired her to go into the field that she is currently mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. and what inspires her uh, day in and day out from the people that she meets, the resources that she comes across and the research that she does. 
I would love to learn more from her as well. So that and all of the other experts out there, right? She's a she's a big name that I can think of on the top of my head. But if there are other experts out there, mm-hmm. especially in the mental health realm in with related to Islam, I would love to know more about what inspired them to to enter into it and what additional resources are they hoping uh, we can provide to the, our Muslim brothers and sisters. And uh, for that reason, I would like to know so that newer meditation can inshallah help fill those gaps. Yeah, inshallah. I also, again, like uh, like I said earlier, I think it's a really important topic. We can't just sweep that under the rug and, and do as if it's, it's not happening because it is. And we need to talk more about it, lift this taboo that we have in our communities where, everywhere in the world. And yeah, inshallah, that people feel better, inshallah, because it's really, really sad when they get to this dark place with these suicidal thoughts. Subhanallah, it's uh, it's heartbreaking. So inshallah. And my fear is, well, and I know we're wrapping up, so I'll keep this short, is before I say my fear, what can happen more so more often than not is one of the two things. They go through this mental health trial, if you will, Mm -hmm. and either they get closer to Allah, which is amazing. And they, you know, they use their faith to get more closer to Allah and understand why this is happening, the tests, and it helps them strengthen their faith. And I think anything in this world that helps you strengthen your faith is a blessing. Honestly. Indeed. Indeed. Right? Because it's a, because life is a test. and Life is a test. And yeah. if Allah had to put you through this experience yeah. just to get you closer to him, subhanAllah. Yeah. That's his way of saying, come closer to me. Indeed. So my fear are the people that take the opposite side mm-hmm. and then they start questioning why and then they go into another different world. So another reason with newer meditation, we're trying to pull people back uh, to help them understand why, remind them that it's a test, help give them the resources and the right verses from the Quran and the Hadith, because it could be overwhelming if you're feeling anxious or depressed to, the Quran is a beautiful book, but to open it up and not know where to go. Yeah. And guide them to the right one and help them really unpack what they're going through. Inshallah, anyone who's going through a journey like this are of the former, not the latter. They, it helps them get closer to Allah as opposed to pulled away. Yeah, inshallah. Barakallah May Allah grant you tawfiq in uh, this noble um, vision of yours, inshallah. And inshallah. Um, I was uh, really, really happy to to have you today. It was my pleasure. And I, I can't believe that. that our time is already up. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so you've already said where people can find you. Find yeah. you and uh, obviously, I will um, give that in the description so that Perfect. people can come and get the app connect with you on Instagram. We're connecting on, on LinkedIn so people can find you on social media, inshallah. And uh, your yes, website. And our website's www.newermeditation.com. So if you just kind of want a general idea of what the app is like, what it looks like, uh, it's there as well. Okay, thank you so much. Um, I hope like that uh, the audience uh, enjoyed this episode as much as I did, as usual. If you did, please share, show your support, show us that you liked this podcast. Like, share, comment. I'm also more than happy to answer any questions. Ikra, thank you so much again. My absolute pleasure. Jazakallah care for having me. And take care. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah.